Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. Father, please would you teach us to number our days. Teach us about time and eternity. Show us that you put eternity in our hearts. Lord God, please would you give us a heart of wisdom today. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak to us in Jesus' name and open our eyes. Amen. Friends, I don't know if you'll agree with me, but we need help from the Holy Spirit to understand eternity. It's, it's a whole different idea. You know, we use the picture of a long time to describe eternity because that's what our brains can comprehend, but it's actually not correct. I, I spoke in the last couple of weeks about how time is really like this, and eternity is this realm outside of time where you can look at the beginning from the end and you're outside of time. So if you die here, it's not like you have to wait till judgment day and then you have a long time of eternity. You jump outside and you're in this crowd around here. Hebrews 12 says we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, therefore let us run the race. It's almost like in an Olympic stadium where there's all the spectators around and then here's the 100 meters dash, the mad dash, and Usain Bolt's running. But all of us spectators in eternity in heaven, we're not having another 100 meter dash afterwards. We are seated outside of it and we can watch the whole race like this. That's time and eternity. And it's important for us to get that. Um, today I want to talk about this idea that eternity is already in our hearts, which is hard to understand, but with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can get it. So there's this verse in Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11, which should be up on the screen, which says, God has made all things beautiful in its time. So time is good, it's beautiful, it has benefits and blessings. But then it says, and God has put eternity in the hearts of humans, of men, but no one can fathom what God has done from the beginning to the end. So we, we have a portion of eternity in us. If you are here, we are here in time still. All of our friends and family who have died, they're off this mad dash. They're already in eternity. And um, when we're in heaven at the end of time, we will no longer be on here. But now, we're on here, but we are also, we have a portion of eternity in our hearts. How hard is that? to understand. How hard is that to fathom? We have a portion of that eternity where time doesn't exist. You know, in eternity, we could go and watch the beginning and the end. We can watch God creating the universe. Um, there's some amazing verses in the Bible. It says, Jesus was slain or crucified from the foundation of the world. How on earth is that possible? We know that he died here. He was born as a baby. He lived and he wasn't crucified yet. And then he died. Then he jumped off into this eternal realm. And because he's in the eternal realm, it, it's right to say he was slain from the foundation of the world. You and I were chosen from the, before the foundation of the world. It's kind of crazy. But what I want to speak about today is that we're on this mad dash. We are living here. We are under the constraints of time. And yet within you, you have a capsule called your spirit. You have a portion of you that is eternity, that is not bound by time. That is as if you were, had already been in heaven. And I'm going to use years to try and illustrate it, but it's not correct. But it's as if you've been in heaven for 20 million years. That spirit is in you right now and i'm going to try and explain it 
If your brain doesn't understand it, just say, Holy Spirit, please just explain it to me. So Revelation 21 speaks about heaven. John says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no more sea. So he gets a picture of at the end of time when everything's been destroyed, the, the mad dash is gone, there's just eternity, and he says there's a new heaven and a new earth. Everything else has passed away, it's gone, it's been destroyed, dissolved by fire, we know, it's just gone, and there's a new one being created, and it's perfect, and it's wonderful. He describes it, he says, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle or the dwelling of God is with men. He will dwell with them. They will be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. There's this intimacy and fellowship and closeness. Uh, 1 Corinthians 13 says, We will know even as we are known. We'll know God fully even as we are known. Right now we kind of partially see him, but then we'll see him fully. Um, we're told also in... Uh, 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 17, we will always be with the Lord. There's going to be intimacy and closeness. There's never going to be a time when we're separated from God in eternity. I'm trying to describe what eternity is like, and then I'm going to show you that it's already in you. Boy, it's going to blow your mind today. He goes on to say, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or sorrow or crying. There will be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Passed away. Gone. All old things have passed away. And then verse 5. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. So in a moment I'm going to go on and read another passage from Revelation 22, but I just want to stop on this one for a second and just show you something amazing. When we get to heaven, it's a new heaven and a new earth. Old things have passed away, all things are made new. He actually uses the words, behold, I make all things new. That's heaven. Wonderful to dream about it. We say, oh, it'll be so wonderful. When I die, by and by, far away, there'll be a, uh, uh, there's probably a song about it. I don't know it. <laughs> Pie in the sky when I die, one day, oh, I dream of that day. It's wonderful, and it is wonderful. It's going to be wonderful. But he's put eternity in the hearts of men. If you're a Christian, heaven is in you before you die. Luke 17, 21, Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is within you. It's, it's hard to get our heads around, but he says, you don't wait till you die to get heaven. I put it in you. Eternity is in the heart of me. God's plan all along was for humans to have a part of eternity and a part of this physical world together. We're the only beings in the whole of creation that have both the spiritual and the physical together in one. We were made to be eternal and temporal together, but then when we sinned in the Garden of Eden, those two were wrenched apart. The eternal part of us was cut off and, and we died in our hearts and we were separated from God. But when you get born again, heaven gets put in you again. And it's amazing. 
So, we read that there's a new creation, a new heaven and a new earth. Old have passed away. Uh, behold, I make all things new. What about you today? 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. You've probably heard this verse many times, and we get into a bit of a religious mindset. Well, oh, I don't really understand it, but praise the Lord, I think it's true. I want to explain to you why it's true. It says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Remember we read those words? A new heaven and a new earth. It goes on to say, old things have passed away. Remember we read those words? The old has passed away. It goes on to say, behold, all things have become new. We actually read those very words in Revelation 21. Behold, I make all things new. What he's saying in this verse is if you're a Christian, in, in your spirit, heaven is already there. That heaven that John saw, not waiting for millennia for heaven to happen, that very heaven is in your heart right now. If anyone is in Christ, you are a new creation on the inside. Now you see, the problem is, we've been so used to using these little eyeballs to work out what is true, that I look at my physical body, I look in a physical mirror, or I, I look at my own emotions and my own thoughts and I say, do I feel like a new person? Do I feel like a new creation? I assure you my body does not feel like a new creation. My emotions do not feel like a new creation. I still have bad thoughts, just like before I was a Christian. But this verse is true. How is it true? Because in your heart, God has put eternity in the hearts of men. The same you that is in heaven in 20 million years, and I know that's not correct, but just for us to try and understand it, that heaven, that you that's in heaven in eternity is already in you. Brand new creation. Old things have passed away. All things are made new. Now I'm going to try and convince you with a couple more verses. But for now, just stick with me. There's another verse in Revelation 3 and verse 21. It says, To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne, as I also overcame and sat down with my Father on his throne. Imagine Jesus is speaking to you. This is a promise from Jesus. He says, To him who overcomes, if you manage to live your whole life as a Christian... You don't let the world and all its pressures and temptations and stresses overcome you so that you give up your faith. If you overcome and you remain, even just clinging on by your fingernails to the very end, to him who overcomes, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne. Boy, that's amazing. Jesus is seated in heaven on his throne. The Bible tells us everything's under his feet. All principalities, powers, dominions, everything's under him. And he says to you, if you can just hang on to the end and overcome, you will sit with me in heaven on my throne. Remember we read a few moments ago, he says, I will be with them. I will be their God. They will be my people. We will be with him forever. We'll know him even as we're fully known. There's this intimacy and there's a closeness and we're seated with Jesus on his throne in heaven. Whoa, what a day that'll be. Oh, kumbaya, my Lord, kumbaya, which is the heaven. 
I'm going to give you a little piece of amazing news right now. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, verse 6, you are already seated in heavenly places on his throne. You say, how is that possible, Greg? I'm not seated. I'm seated in Jersey, and I'm not on a throne. I'm under pressure in your spirit. He's put eternity in your heart. You see, you are looking... You're looking at this thing, aren't you? You're looking at time, and he says there's a part of this where you are seated on a throne, reigning in heaven, and it's already in you. And if you can just access that and see it, it'll change your life. Let me read you that passage in Ephesians, because it is so powerful that I really, really want you to get it. So Ephesians, I'm going to start in Ephesians chapter 1 where it's talking about Jesus sitting on his throne. Paul is praying for the Christians. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart or your understanding would be open. Not these eyes, these eyes. I pray that the eyes of your understanding would be open, that you may know the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. So Jesus is lying dead. God raised him from the dead by power and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. Imagine what power it took for God to raise Jesus from the dead and seat him at his right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, dominion, every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the age to come. And he put all things under his feet, gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Jesus, right, I can understand that. He was dead, he's now raised, he's seated in heaven, he's full of glory, he's in power, all things under his feet. The very next words are, and as for you, there happens to be a chapter break, which is unfortunate. Ephesians 1 and chapter 2 sometimes means we don't put these two passages together. But it's one passage. He's saying Jesus was dead, raised, seated in heavenly places. As for you, you who were dead in trespasses and sins, he made alive. Verse 4, it says, But God is rich in mercy because of his great love, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That has already happened. If you're a Christian, you are already seated in heavenly places with Christ. Now, if you're like most human beings, you read that and you say, Pling! Doesn't comprehend. I'm not seated in heavenly places. That must just be weird religious jargon. Irrelevant to my life, I'll ignore that. It's not religious jargon. If you understand eternity, eternity is in your heart. The you that's seated on a throne is already in you right now. Right now, you have eternity in your heart. Now, you and I can choose. Do I look at the physical me? Do I look at my own human ancestry and lineage and say, well, I'm of this family, from this nationality, this background, this education, this much money in the bank, these physical talents? Do I look at that which my physical eyes can see? Or do I say, I'm going to start looking at eternity. I'm going to start seeing myself as who I really am, because this little mad dash is just a few short years, but the real me is living forever. I wonder if you're starting to get a glimpse of this now. 
And my last point on this talks about the river of life. Revelation 22, verse 1. And he showed me, this is still John looking at heaven. It says, and he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. I can almost taste it. Can you, can you feel and imagine that river? It's clear as crystal. It's flowing from the throne. He's in heaven. He's looking at the throne of God where Jesus and, and God are sitting. And he's seeing this water flowing from the throne. And it flows down the street of heaven. And it says, in the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life. So there's this river and then there's trees growing on either side. And it's the tree of life. Remember the tree of life, eternal life? It says it's, it bore 12 fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. There shall be no more curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and His servants shall serve Him. They will see His face. His name will be on their foreheads. And there shall be no night there. There will be no need of lamp or light of the sun, for the Lord gives them light. They shall reign forever and ever. That's the river of life flowing in heaven. Did you know that the Bible talks a lot about the river of life here on earth before we get to heaven? If eternity was linear, in other words, if it was time, 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 and then eternity, 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 there would only be the river of life after we die. But it says we can have the river of life here and now. How is that possible? Because heaven is in my heart. Heaven is in your heart. If you believe in Jesus. So listen to Ezekiel. Many hundreds of years before Jesus was born, Ezekiel gives a prophecy about the river of life. He sees a vision of the temple and there's this river flowing out of the temple and he follows it and it says he can go ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep, or he can get right into the river and swim with it. And then he describes this river of life. He said, this water flows toward the eastern region down into the valley and enters the sea. That's the Dead Sea. You know the sea that's so full of salt that nothing can live in it? It says this river flows out of the temple and flows into the Dead Sea. Friend, there's this river flowing in you today. Start, start getting a bit excited about it. He says, when it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. I wonder if the river of life flowing out of you could heal situations in the world around you. He goes on to say, and it shall be that every living thing that moves, wherever the rivers go, will live. There will be a great multitude of fish because these waters go there. They will be healed and everything will live wherever the river goes. This river is supernatural. It brings life and healing and it even creates fish where there were none. And then he goes on to say, along the bank of the river, on this side and that, will grow all kinds of trees for food. Their leaves will not wither. Their fruit will not fail. They will bear fruit every month because their water flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for medicine. And then Jesus mentioned the river of life. Two significant occasions. On the John 7 verse 37, it says, On the last and great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And this he spoke concerning the, Sp the Holy Spirit. 
Today, Jesus is still standing and saying, shouting out, if anyone is thirsty, are you thirsty? Do you have this realization that you've got a part of you called eternity in your heart that needs to be filled with heaven? He says, if you're thirsty, cry out to me, believe in me, and out of your very most inmost being will flow rivers of living water. It's not just for you, it flows out of you. And then the last example was Jesus meeting the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman in John chapter 4, verse 14. He meets her in the heat of day, midday, hot, dusty. He goes to the well and he finds this woman there alone. She's an outcast from the society because she has led an immoral life and all sorts of problems in her life. And uh, he says to her, where's your husband? She says, I have no husband. He says, you've had five husbands. And now you're just living with men. You're not even getting married to them. And she says, sir, I per perceive you are a prophet. And then he says, can I have some water? She says, why are you asking me for water? And he says, if you knew who was speaking to you and the gift of God, you would have asked me and I would have given you living water that satisfies. So you don't need to keep running after all these other places to find your living water, to find your satisfaction. Jeremiah 2 I think it's verse 13. God says, My people have committed two sins. They've forsaken me, the river of living water, and they've dug their own dirty little ditches of water. That's what we do. We have this need for eternity, for heaven, and instead of going to God for the real satisfying living water that is eternity in our hearts, that is heaven already in us, we dig a little ditch called job security, money, alcohol, drugs, relationships, sex, whatever it is, and we try and get all these things, and it doesn't satisfy. But Jesus says, I will give you living water. Listen to what he says. Whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never thirst. The water that I will give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Lord Jesus, please help us. I believe, you're welcome to believe this or not, it's up to you, but I believe that Jesus came as a representative of this eternal realm and he came and he lived in our little timeline and he said the kingdom of heaven is here and he healed people and he saved people and he forgave people and he spoke love and grace and truth and righteousness and peace and he showed the love of God. What he did was he was showing what heaven is like in time. And then he said, if anyone's thirsty, call out to me, cry out to me, ask me, and I will put this river of living water. I will put heaven inside of you. And then he said, now our job, he sent out his disciples. He said, wherever you go, say the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. We have the same job. We pray, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Our job, we carry a part of heaven in us, and our job is wherever we go to distribute this living water. We had a video conference call with a, a friend of ours who lives in Cardiff recently. This is a young man who does a lot of street evangelism, and he was explaining how he does it. He says, I know that there's this river of living water inside of me. And I know from the Bible that wherever that river flows, everything will live and be healed, and fish will be created, which means new people who want to get born again. And so what he does is he goes out and he says, Holy Spirit, 
river of living water, flow within me. He realizes he's already seated in heaven. He's not trying to get to heaven one day. He's not trying to earn heaven. He says, I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. I'm a new creation. I'm close to God. I'm forgiven. I'm full of God's wisdom. I know all things. I have all things. I can do all things. I have the mind of Christ. These are all verses I'm quoting which talk about us here and now. We have the power of God that raised Christ from the dead inside of us. Our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. God is able to do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine according to his power at work in us. It's already there. Heaven is in us. Ephesians 1 verse 3. Praise to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Heaven is in you. You are seated in heaven inside. And this young man said, I just allow that river to guide me. And wherever the river flows, people get healed. People give their lives to Jesus. The river guides him. Sometimes the river says, worship Jesus. Sometimes the river says, God says, I love you, rest in me. Sometimes the river says, go and speak to that person. Go and do this. Be a loving friend to somebody. And wherever the river guides him, it leads him to people. And the river heals because wherever the river flows, everything will live. I wonder if you're encouraged that. I'm going to close with one verse from 2 Corinthians 4. Verse 16, therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Is your outward man perishing? Yes, it is. If you live in time, which we all do, the ticking of the clock means your outward man gets older and saggier every day. But our inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And now he tells us what he does in response to this truth. He says, we do not look at the things which are seen but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. He says, I don't look in the mirror to judge what I really am like. I don't look at my emotions or my thoughts or my feelings or what others say to judge what I'm really like. I don't look at my bank balance or anything physical to judge who I really am. I look at who I am in heaven. I'm seated in heavenly places with Christ. I'm a new creation. I'm loved. I'm a son, a child of God. I'm with Him forever. I'm perfect. I'm a new creation. Nothing can change that. It's eternal. The me from heaven is already in me. And friend, when you do that every day, when you wake up and you say, who am I really? That's who I really am. When you let the river of life, this heavenly river, start to flow, and it guides you and you get peace and strength and joy. It'll change your life forever. We're going to sing a worship song together and then we're going to pray a prayer. And just ask God's river of life to start flowing in our lives. So let's, let's worship together. Folks, please just focus now on God. Focus on what's eternal, what's unseen. Not on your body or the surroundings. 
or your life here. Just focus on God. Say, thank you, God. Thank you that, I, that I'm part of eternity, that I have eternity in my heart, that, Lord, I'm seated with you, that, God, you're in me and I'm in you, that I'm seated together with you, that I'm a perfect new creation, that I'm forgiven and holy, that the whole of heaven is within me. Thank you, God. Thank you that there's this river of living water flowing even now. Thank you, God. Wherever the river flows, everything will live, everything will be healed. And Lord, I pray right now that that river would well up, would spring up within me. A fountain would spring up to overflowing, that it would affect my mind, my heart, my thoughts, my feelings, my body, my family, my surroundings and circumstances. Lord, that you would lead me to speak to people in my life around me, that that river would flow and touch the world and bring your power and your life to bear. Even now I pray, Holy Spirit, rise up. If there's somebody here and you're not well today, perhaps you have pain, headache, uh, neck ache, back ache, stomach ache. I'm just sensing there's all sorts of pains in people's bodies today. I just encourage you to let that truth, that heaven, where there's no more pain or crying or dying, let that just flood into your being right now. Just maybe put your hand on wherever you've got pain and just say, sickness, go in Jesus' name. And it's not you making it go, it's heaven being released and God's river just setting you free. Just, just do that right now. Just tell that pain to go and just watch. Just watch that river of living water just flow and release you and set you free right now. Pain, leave in Jesus' name. Heaven, the kingdom of heaven, come invade our lives, our bodies, our presence right now, we pray. In Jesus' name. Lord, we speak to situations in our lives, areas of lack or need, areas of problems, conflict, pain, and trauma. In Jesus' name, we speak the peace and the healing of heaven and the provision and the wholeness of heaven into that situation. Lack, be gone in Jesus' name. Conflict, be restored and healed in Jesus' name. Let heaven invade our lives right now, we pray. I'm just going to ask the worship team to play one more song. After that, we're dismissed and you can go. But just allow God's Spirit just to move and work as we worship together. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you need prayer with somebody after the service, there'll be people up the front here. So thank you. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.